right, folks, here it is. We're back once again. We've got the traveling man on the other line. It's the Live Life Progressive Podcast, Sincere Hogan, and the world traveler himself, bringing back all types of disease. From Europe and claiming that it's the flu, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, my former, boy Mike former world, former world traveler. You know, sometimes, sometimes you do a trip, you realize, you know what? I don't need to do this anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. So that, so have that. Bam. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll do our own episode a little bit. We'll t- we'll talk about the trip and some other things, man. Exactly. But today we have way more interesting things to talk about than that. We have a great guest, and we'll get to him in a second. But wanted to do a few shout outs because we've had some avid listeners that have been getting some great results with my products and also just plugging the show away too. One is Rally Wood, who was Rally. actually at our course. Rally. Rally. <laughs> it was at uh there's one of my there was a movie where uh some guys just mocking some dudes like, Hey Rally. <laughs> you know? I kept doing that at the course. And of course nobody picked up on it. No one had seen the movie. But anyway, I was, I was hoping that he would pick up on it at some point. He did. But anyway, what Riley Wood is 59. And I say that because he's been using my testosterone booster and his total T went from 715, which, by the way, is a great starting number. But it went from 715 to 940. But more important, his free testosterone, this is after eight weeks on aggressive strength testosterone booster. His free testosterone went from 5.6, which is extremely low, to 33, which is off the chain. Wow. So he's getting great results with this. And. This is what this is this is the takeaway message you should you should gather from hearing that. Guys 59. So those of you that are 30, 40, wondering if the product's gonna work for you, get on it. If it works for a guy who's 59, who's definitely not an athletic specimen. Sorry, sorry, Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> but we've met you in person, buddy. And uh, anyway, people should be really inspired to get on this. Also, Kevin Brown, he's 40, and his total testosterone went from 619 to 842. So again, 619 is a pretty good number, but 842, he felt way better. So there's always a number that's good for each individual. Some people feel great at 500. Some people need to be at 800 to feel fantastic. Right. And his estrogen also went down, 42 down to 35. So that's a pretty good ratio, 842 to 35. And then he said he had a big increase in sex drive and a huge increase in training performance. So I'm really glad to hear the products work so well for these guys. Also, just some shout-outs to people that are using that coupon code LLA to support the show. It's because of guys like this, men and women like this, that you, the listener who've never supported the show in any way at all, are able to listen to the show. So big shout outs to David Johnson, Kelly Campion, who's also bought my products many times, Patrick Smith, Josh Payne. These guys are using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off. In addition to supporting the show, they're getting the best nutrition supplements on the market. So it's not like I'm asking people to buy crap to support the show. I'm asking you to support the show by buying the best supplements you can get. So it's win-win for everyone. I make some money. You support the show. You get great products. There's no loser in that situation. So use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off everything you see at my website, videos, online courses, nutrition supplements, T-shirts, you name it. And how about with you, man? Hey, man, the same thing. And I want to give a shout out. Some of the same people that you just mentioned right now also hopped over to newwarriortraining.com, used that same coupon code. So it's kind of like a little package deal. It's like, okay, let me buy Mike's supplements. Let me head over to Sincere site and pick up something over there. You know, I've had an increase of people joining the weight management program that I have over there. And, of course, people still downloading the DVD. Thank you for the downloads, too. That makes it a lot easier on both of us by getting the download. You get it instantly right there instead of having to wait for it in the snail mail. So truly appreciate that. And we've also had a big increase. Before I move on to that, again, use that same coupon code LLA when you go to newwarriortraining.com. You get 10% off all my products over there as well. And I also want to give a big shout-out to everyone that's 
supporting the show on a monthly basis by heading over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com LLA podcast. Now, the cool thing about that, speaking of Raleigh, Raleigh has also joined us on Patreon as well and supports the show monthly, as well as a customer of both of ours, Anthony Flores. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Flores has done the same thing. Great he's guy. Bought, he's, he's bought yeah. stuff from us. He's been a customer of Mike's probably since like the early 2000s from a course way back in the day. And he so, came to one of my courses before I even had a website. That's what he was making fun of in that in that email. He said he's like, "Man, you went from a guy with a no traffic website building." So he's like, "You went from a guy with no traffic building someone else's brand to start this on Empire." I was like, huh, "I don't know if this is a compliment or a slap." Uh, but, uh, but, but he's you. right. So, thank you. <laughs> so no, he's right, and that's cool. He's a great guy. Yeah, really cool, man. So big shout out to Anthony, also to Donna Minton and, and Brad Coltac. Um, Brian, I think I'm about to screw his name up. Brian, it looks like Brian <laughs> Diabetes, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> it's Brian Debates. I want to say Debates, okay? Because <laughs> he'll probably debate me and say that I said his name incorrectly. Also, it's a Rachel Roberry, who's also been a customer of ours in the past as well. My Maria Peden, who actually was already supporting the show last month from Patreon, mm. but she boosted up her donation each month. You know, after and her husband is actually going to join Ken and myself this weekend. By the time you guys hear the show, we've already done it. But he's going yeah. to also do um, the IKFF CKT one and two here in Houston with us. Her husband's going to do that. Her and her husband are both big supporters of the show and love the show. And they're, like I said, they they actually upped their monthly contribution on Patreon. You know, just because of the quality content we produce, man. So that's great, man. All you folks out there, you need to thank them, okay? Because it's because of you that you know even some of you can actually comment on. I hear toilets flushing in in the episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the reason why you get to have the right to bring that up is the fact that well, these, I mean, people, these, well, people, these people these people actually contribute to the show, and and, and and they don't expect it to be perfect. So they give you that little opportunity. To want some perfection where there's no toilets flushing in the well, background. You know, you know what's so funny about Maxwell. that? <laughs> yeah, you know what's so funny about that, man? Is that yeah, we have we have we had this guy in our on our on, LLA podcast. All, hold page. on, how did you? First of all, dude, you knew one of us going to call you out. We had, yeah, to. yeah, we could not pass up the opportunity. Well, I, I would say your up. name if I had the info in front of me exactly. right now. Exactly, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the fan page. Just go yeah, on I don't remember. Page. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> if he responds, we'll bring it. We'll bring his name up again. But anyway, I'm not going to slam you too hard because you listen to the show, and I can tell you're a fan. But this guy got on our page, and he basically said, "Who was the guy who kept flushing the toilet in the background?" <laughs> 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 but the the underlying implication was that it had to be me or sincere. Yeah, it, it, it couldn't like, possibly it be, be Steve, Steve Maxwell. He doesn't he doesn't take a dump. Okay, he couldn't have been. So I, so I responded like very professionally. I was like, well, actually, it wasn't sincere myself because we both have podcast stations in our respective homes, which are not toilet accessible. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I was like, only time I ever flush the toilet on an episode is if the guest is born. You know? so, but Steve, on the other hand, he's probably he's probably in one of those portable toilets when he was doing the episode, yeah. and who knows? Well, then then he wouldn't be flushing, so I guess not. But anyway, I don't he, he was I don't know where he was, but Steve is he, he could have been out in the park hey, somewhere Steve, training and. Steve is a nomad, man, and that's what yeah, he exactly. does. He does not have a permanent residence, so you just got to do it wherever you can, okay? But, but what's funny is I told the guy, I'm like, look, just go ahead and send your complaints to Steve for <laughs> exactly. flushing Email the toilet <laughs> because, because Steve was flushing the toilet, muffling his own sound on the episode. Oh, man, that was hilarious. It's like, it's like how am I supposed to use the toilet when, we're, when, when I'm at a podcast station? Like, you, think I, you think I have this professional microphone in the bathroom exactly. while we're my, my, my restroom is like around the corner from this podcast <laughs> station. Like, it takes effort for me to, to pack all this up and go over there. I would just be like, you know, hey, dude, I'm going to step away for a second. And you guys continue. I'm gonna hit the mute button. You still wouldn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, I, if I'm gonna flush the toilet, I'm gonna hit the mute button. Exactly. <laughs> I need you to my business, man. 
<laughs> that was too funny, man. It's like you're complaining about a free episode, buddy. By so far, just, that was just a, remember, remember that. All right? By far, that was the crappiest response we've ever had, man. Yeah, the correct response <laughs> is thank, the correct response is thanks a lot for taking the time to put out a great episode, guys. Go. I appreciate it. That's the response we want to hear. That's the right one. And on that note, we have another great guest today, and uh, we may we may have him do some toilet flushing just for fun. We may have him step in the office every couple of times throughout the episode. No, but we have our friend Scott Shetler, and hey, I got your name right this time. Last time I kept on saying Scott Shelter. I was yeah, thinking about the I was thinking about the '80s hardcore band, probably. You know? I was like, I know Scott's a hardcore fan. I am, so I kept on kept on slipping there. But anyway, Scott Shetler's back. Great guy, great strength coach, very strong dude, and he's the co-author of a great book called Eat Plants, Lift Iron with Stick of Dead Prez and Afia Abumu. Abumu is that how you pronounce the last name, Scott? How do you pronounce your last name? Uh, it's Abamu. Abamu. Okay, thank you. And the three of them worked really well together on this book. What I like about it is it's basically Stick's journey on how he used 100% plant-based diet and Scott's training advice. He got the advice from his wife on how to put together a good nutrition plan. He got great training advice from Scott, and he put on 20 pounds in three months. We're going to talk about how that whole thing happened. But what I really like about this is it was a very honest journey. So in other words, he put on 20 pounds in three months, but his body fat went up, body fat went up a little bit. And then Scott helped him tailor that down, lost a few pounds, and ended up being 12 pounds heavier, but with a lower body fat than when he started. So what I like about the fact is that there was honesty there, where a lot of people will say, I put on 30 pounds of muscle and I lost body fat, which is fucking impossible. And it all happened at it's one time. <laughs> yeah. I always laugh when people say, look, just get your body fat really low and then put on as much muscle as possible and you won't gain any body fat. It's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> right. Anyway, we'll get into that with Scott. Scott, how you doing today, man? Hey, pretty good. Hey, hang on one second, Mike. I got to take care of something real quick. Flush uh, the toilet. <laughs> toilet time, baby. All right, man. Now that that's out of the way, yeah, yeah, everything's good, man. How are you guys doing? <laughs> no, we're doing good, man. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I mean, I thought you, I thought you guys did a great job, and I think it's, it's something that's really accessible to someone who's just starting this journey. They're, they're getting into fitness. They're getting into plant based nutrition. They don't quite know where to start. This is a great yeah. intro for someone who just wants to start turning their life around on multiple levels. Yeah, and on the flip side of you that, know, man, it's where you come with with stick as well because I know from, like, Facebook following stick over there because I've known this dude since I've done college radio, you know, with Dead Press. And, he, and yeah. stick is an avid runner. He was all about running, man. This dude would yep. run his soul out. Okay, so it was very it's interesting not, when you started working with him. Yeah. yeah, when you started working with him, it's, that's when I got really interested. I said, let me see what Scott does with him now because Sticky was like religious about his running. So I was like, it's going to be a little different with Scott. So let's just see how this turns out, man. So it's interesting. That you, you come well, you did a great job with them too because no supplements, no protein powder. The arguments we always hear about yeah. vegan diet is like, oh, you got to no use protein. a lot of protein powder. You got to use a lot of protein powder to make it work. You got to take a lot of supplements yep. to make it work. And you guys wanted to do an experiment where it was several months of just real food. And I thought that was really cool to see, too. That's a powerful message as well. But uh, let's let, – actually, the first question I have for you, and then we'll actually let you talk, is, <laughs> is you used German volume training as the bulking phase of his regimen. And yes. for those not familiar, that's a program where you do 10 sets of 10 at about 60% of your one rep max. It's a program that Charles Poliquin popularized. He didn't create it, but he popularized it in the 1990s. I remember using it back in the day. 
it's a brutal program. And it was funny to hear Stick talk about it in the book where he's like, man, this program is savage, and especially with squats. And I was laughing because I remember when I did squats 10 times 10 back in the day, and it was ridiculously difficult. And some people think 60%, that's not going to be hard. So if I can squat 300 pounds, I'm only using 180 for 10 sets of 10. Believe me, around around set five or six. Ten reps is a lot of reps for 10 sets. You know? So it, it yeah. gets brutal real fast. But I'm curious, why did you pick that program to get him going? Um, you know, the, the main thing was, based on personal experience, I used it back in the day as well, and I've used it with some other people in the past. It's got to be probably the best, you know, kind of crash course into muscle gain that I've ever come across. And I didn't want to start his program right away with it just because he was coming from, you know, not really having a big background in weightlifting or, or serious strength training. So I wanted to do right. a good four weeks of just kind of preparatory work to get an idea of what his lifts would be, you know, for a squat, his bench and his uh, trap bar deadlift, which were the, the primary lifts that we used as indicator lifts. And I wanted to make sure that he had good technique and things of, of that sort. Sure. But I just knew that when we're talking about such a short term, you know, his he wanted to accomplish this goal in four months. And I thought, why try to reinvent the wheel? You know, let's use a program that I know has a track record of working for a lot of people. Yeah. And the one thing that I like about it is when you're talking about doing that many lifts with starting around 60% of a one rep max or an estimated one rep max, yeah. think about the technique practice there. I mean, yeah, we're yeah. just grooving exactly. squat yes. the bench, I mean, over and over. So I really thought that there'd be a lot of benefit other than just the muscle gain. And it was a good call because it was, you know, he made some serious improvement mm. with it. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why Mark Philippi and Ed Cohn's deadlift program works so oh, well, man. especially first couple of weeks, you're doing eight sets of three, so yeah. the reps are low and you're moving fast, but you're doing so many sets, and just like you said, Scott, that your technique improves in leaps and bounds from all the practice. I think someone who tries to do maybe one top set on the deadlift once a week, you're not getting enough practice sets in. Even someone who's been deadlifting for a long time, all those little minor adjustments make a huge difference. Totally, totally. All right, so with 10, 10 sets of 10, what were the main exercises that he used on that program? The main ones were the squat. Uh, we did, we'd start out actually the squat day with some trap bar deadlifting. I didn't want to do, uh, 10 by 10 on the deadlifts. Yeah. I wanted to keep that just to, uh, that'll get old real fast. <laughs> <laughs> real fast. Um, so, so we did the trap bar deadlift mainly to, just to get him, just to keep him doing some pulls. Right. And, uh, the, the trap bar worked out well for him because he is a tall guy and, uh, the trap bar just allowed him to get into better body position. Yeah, he's six, you know, two, in regard right? to six, two, Scott. Is that yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He's around six, six, two, I think. And, uh, it, it just allowed him, you know, better body position and, and such. And it was also a good warm up, you know, going into the squats. We, okay. we just basically did three working sets in the three to five rep range with some fairly heavy weight, you know, without smashing them. And then we went right into the, to the squats. So on uh, the upper body days, we did the bench press and we did some type of row exercise, uh, usually a seated row for, for the 10 by 10 on the uh, upper back work. Then on his arm day, we did – or the other upper body day, we did 10 by 10 on the uh, the buys and the tries right. with a you know straight bar curl 
and uh, some type of skull crusher. He basically just followed the Poliquin, the, the phase one of his German volume training program as, like I said, we didn't, didn't want to reinvent the wheel. We just basically yeah. followed the program he laid out, made some minor adjustments. You know, I know he didn't have you deadlifting until like the, the second phase where you're doing 10 by five. Right. But I just wanted to keep those pulls in there just, just to get him some experience with deadlifting. And, yeah. and it made a huge impact, you know, on his, uh, on his back, his, his thickness and in the density and his, his, uh, lower and mid back. So, all in all, it came together really well, and we accomplished his goal a lot faster than the four months that he had wanted. It ended up being about two and a half months, and we were able to look at kind of refining and, and getting rid of the extra body fat that we put on after that. So, Yeah, exactly. I think one of the things also you, that you mentioned is that you're going to put on some body fat when you're focused on bulking up. That's just inevitable. You don't have to get okay. sloppy with it, though, right? I think if no. you some people make the mistake of like the recommendation of the book was go maybe 250, 500 calories above what you normally do to start putting on some weight. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they go way beyond that. They go 2,000 <laughs> calories beyond, <laughs> and yeah, you're gonna yeah. put on weight, but most of it's gonna be in your gut, and it's not gonna be quality bulk. You're gonna you're just basically gonna be fat by the end of the three month program. You're not gonna so so I think just. You have to be patient, and then you just go a little bit beyond your calorie threshold, not way beyond it. Patience is a key word, man. So many yeah. people, and, and that, that's why I hate seeing these, you know, twelve week, oh. you know, transformation yeah. programs yeah. like that. It drives me nuts, man. It's 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 about more than that, you know. Yes. I mean, you got to look at, hey, I'm training for life here, you know. I mean, it's not right. just what can I. Now, granted, I, I think a three month goal is great. You know, you got to have some shorter goals, but the, you know redefine your body in, in three months. It's such bullshit. You know, yes. you've got to look, you've got to look long term, and you can't expect to do this stuff overnight. You know, right. You well, the thing about, they get, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, so they only get, they only get half of the picture. When yeah. You can redefine your body. If you've been sitting on your ass all these years or whatever. Yeah. In three months. Yeah. Things are going to change. They're going to change. Yeah. But here's the problem. They think that after those three weeks, after those three months, that's it. Like, no, you spent a lifetime being out of shape. You're not going to just knock it all out in 12 weeks and be done with your life and be stuck right there. Why would you want to be? Even yeah, if you exactly. did, like, make this major transformation, why is that enough? Why would you not want more? Or just right. see what, what exactly. now that you know that you've got the guts to go out there and, you know, challenge yourself, find the next challenge. Why would you want to just stay in that one place? I mean, staying in one place is what got you in trouble the first time. So yeah. that, that's the problem. They don't see yeah. half the picture right there. Yeah, no, that's yep. right. And the, thing, the other thing about 12-week programs is – most of the before and after picks are with people that used to be in shape at some point in their life, right? So what they're doing is reverting back to that. They got out of shape, and now they're getting back into shape. In fact, there's even been some controversy where people purposely got out of shape, oh, yeah, exactly. took a picture, and then got back into shape, and that's their – Oh, you shape. know you know what was even worse than that? Do you, do you guys remember uh, back in like the uh, – the, it was that Clark Bartram. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, a model wow. for EAS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out that he actually they reversed his photos. So because Clark's <laughs> always in great shape, yeah. he actually yeah. got fat for yeah. the after photo. You know, and yeah. they just switched the photos around. You know, I mean, yeah, nice. the marketing's just brilliant there. You know, oh, EAS. Uh, marketing. <laughs> you know, EAS is a as a guy who has now transitioned into <laughs> developing supplements, and you know, supplements is my main source of income to a large extent these days. I, I study a lot of companies, and there's a great book out there called Muscle Smoke and Mirrors that yeah. gets into a lot. It basically tracks the whole physical culture from its inception, and supplements is a big part of the story. But anyway, EAS is a very interesting case study for me because they came out of the gate 
with some really good products. They really popularized creatine, which definitely works and obviously has stood the test of time. And then they made a few other products which were pretty good back in the day. And, and they were very successful with that. And then they just started expanding the line. They just kept on adding new products and more products and more products. And the quality obviously is not going to be good because how many good products can you make? But I think right. the notion they had is they got greedy where they're saying, okay, we have X amount of customers. So if we just make more products for those X amount of customers, here's how much our income is going to go up. And I've yeah. seen I've seen just about every nutrition supplement company make this mistake where there's a tipping point where they have two or three good products and then they expand into garbage territory. And then the whole yeah. thing unravels. <laughs> yep. So many examples of that. Yeah. Now, let's see. I'd, what was the other question I wanted to ask you? I made sure to write some stuff down instead of just winging this one. Okay, one thing I really like that you said is that I, I love this. I was laughing when I read it. Is you say you'd like you don't need peer review studies to validate methods. You want to use oh, what works. You yeah. find stuff in your gym that works. You talk to other people, and this I love that you brought that up because so many people are always going. <clears throat> Well, are there any studies to back that yeah. up? Where's the science? Paul, well, pa- well so... Poliquin brought up a good point when he was on our show. He's like, look, there's no study to validate getting kicked in the balls hurts. But I, <laughs> right. you know, he's like, yeah. but I don't need a study to confirm that, right? Exactly, <laughs> man. I'm so – and, and I, I, I hope I don't piss anybody off here because I've got oh, – Please, oh, very, please, oh, hope. hope. Come on, no, no, no. I mean I, I've got – I've got some great, I've got some very good friends who are in the exercise science field, but they're also, they're also realists, man. You know, the, the one, yeah. my, my good friend, Dr. Mike Martino, I mean, he's, sure, sure. he's all about, he's all about, uh, you know, research, about validation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he also owns a gym. He's been a strength coach. He's, you know, worked with some high level swimmers and athletes. So he also understands, you know, he, he's, he's how people should go about, gathering the science you know he's not in a white coat all day he's he's in the gym doing the work as well i mean thomas and Inkland and I, I love that you know, thomas inkland is another yeah kid. well he's gonna he's be on a our great in a couple weeks strong as a yeah. bull and very well resourced awesome. yeah right and, and i mean that that's that's what we need i mean i'm not i'm not against science but sure. i'm so sick of people turning around saying where's the science where's the science it's like <laughs> Fuck you. There's the science. You know, you can't you can't argue results. But then they're going to turn around and say something like like uh, I've got a great power lifter. I trained David. uh, He's he's a lead in two two weight classes, has almost a 10 times body weight total. I mean, the the guy's legit. And I mean, I'm going to talk about a training method. Then somebody's going to come back and say, yeah, well, you can't say his training is the only thing that made him strong. You know, now maybe that happened during the summer and he was in the sun more than usual. And that had an impact on his D de- it's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's like no, the training made him stronger. Okay. You know, it, it drives me nuts. I mean, I remember like one of these, one of these magazines, Scott's, I think it was men's fitness. Like one of the tips for increasing testosterone was to tan your ass. <laughs> well, hold on. Like, well, that's the I case. Hold on, hold on, man. If that's <laughs> case my testosterone should be through the roof because my ass has been tanned for at least 42 years man no you gotta put it out you got you gotta put it out in the sun no i'm not putting my ass out there for anything (laughs) that was that tip submitted by a ken blackburn (laughs) you gotta put your ass out there you know take your shorts off and put your ass out there in the sun (laughs) no uh, but i was laughing when i read this tip because uh I go. How did you guys determine this? All right, did you have did you do a did you do a study? And there's eight guys tanning, and it's like you notice that the guys who tanned their ass had better results than the ones who had short. Enough. Oh, he's got tan lines. He's got low testosterone. <laughs> 
about guys who shave their asses before tanning? What type of effect does that have? What about those who just bleach? You know, we're not going to go there. <laughs> so. Like, so if I have a hairy <laughs> back, I'm not absorbing as much vitamin exactly. D as someone. Yeah. <laughs> You're repelling it, son. You got to shave that back. So, man. It, I mean, you know, on the flip side of that, I understand, too, where some of the people, you know, some of the science-based people get a little pissed off when they see some of the claims out there. I, I understand because, you know, you see the stuff, too, that's got to drive, drive you mad, especially, sure, sure. you know, that, that comes up. But, I mean, it's like. It, well, I mean, people just get a little too. Guy, I mean, whenever whenever I post a testimonial for my T booster, and this is a customer sending the information, right? I'm not embellishing it at all. Like some of the ones we mentioned at the early in the show, some jack off on Facebook will always say, "Okay, where's the study to back this up?" It's like I don't need a fucking study, motherfucker. I've got more testimonials than any other new testosterone booster supplement out there. So you're trying to say it's all bullshit? Like I fabricated these testimonials? That's the funniest one. One guy's like, oh, a lot of these testimonials look the same. You know, underlying implication that I just spent the night writing them up. I was like, I was like, come on, man. I'm a pretty great. If you spend more time training, as much as you're sitting there studying my ad copy, you know, you probably be doing much better with your own life, dude. Come on. It's like if the product, like I've been selling the product for a couple of years now. If it didn't work, believe me, I wouldn't still be selling it because nobody would be buying it, man. (laughs) That stuff sucks. Don't buy it. But the the opposite has gotten out there. People are buying it. They're telling everybody. And sure, it doesn't work for everyone. I have non-responders just like every other supplement. But it's it's it's. It, I think a lot of times when people say "where's the study," that's just a way for them to to to, to delay taking any action. Right. It's like, well, exactly. until the study comes out, I'm not going to try it because how do I know it works? And, right. Right. Even yeah, when, a, even no when the study comes out, they probably still won't do it. Like, I don't know. You know, well, if it's been approved by the yeah. study, you know, who? Well, who do they buy? Who do they? Pay, who pay for the study? You can, you can set up. <laughs> you can you can set up a study to get the exact result you want. Of course. Exactly. Right? You can't lie about results like our friend uh, you know, Anthony was on the show yeah. talking about Anthony Roberts. But you can set it up in a way where you'll get the well the result you want to push whatever your agenda is. Oh totally. Hey, hey, did you guys hear that uh you know cocoa puffs were healthy for you because there's whole grains in them? Guess who funded that study? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the guy who wrote the China study wrote another book where he talks about studies and how a lot of them were embellished. And he made a good point of saying that you could basically say that that Coca-Cola lowers mortality by using a study where someone just walked through the Sahara Desert and they're about to die of thirst. And you give them a Coca-Cola you know, and that saves their life in that, in that particular context. You know, anything yeah. is going to be useful. <laughs> yeah, I, I that, that's why I get a little bit leery. You know, I mean, I you know, I, results speak to me first and foremost. And, you know, if there's no science there you know what, the sun will rise tomorrow. As long as my people are getting stronger, as long as they're getting more fit, I don't need a study to back that up. You know, I mean, you can't yeah, say exactly. you can't make a broad spectrum claim and say, hey, this works for everybody. Right. But you can't. Yeah. Hey, I've fucking seen a trend here and people have gotten stronger doing this. It's like going back to German volume training, man. Right. So many people have done that program and so many people have benefited from it. I don't need any study to say it works. I experienced it. My lifters have experienced it. My clients have experienced it. That's why I chose. Uh, that methodology for what he was trying to accomplish. Like I said, I didn't try to reinvent the wheel. I right. knew what he wanted to do. I knew what time frame we were working under. And I said, hey, mm-hmm. this will be, you know, why experiment at that point? And I, yeah, and that's right. why, I, you know, well, and I gave Paul Poliquin all the credit in the book. I mean, you know, he, yeah. I wouldn't know about it if it wasn't for him writing that article, you know? Well, you build, I mean, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a program that works for putting on size. My experience mm-hmm. with it personally was that strength went down. If you just yeah. did, 
German volume training. In other words, you're doing 10 sets of 10 for all your primary exercises, squats, presses, etc. Definitely put on some size, but when you went back to doing lower reps after that program, man, forget about it. So you just have you basically have to decide very clearly what your goal is, what's paramount to you, what's most important, because you're not going to have it all all the time. So just pick exactly. one thing, nail that, and then you can switch gears. Yeah, and I mean, he, you know, and, and also too, because when you consider his training age, you know, he was very fairly inexperienced with this kind of training. I mean, he did make strength gains, like okay. after, uh, yeah, okay. you know, after after German volume training, we went on to doing, you know, getting back in that that heavy three three to five sets of three to five reps. Right. And I mean, his his strength jumped up. I mean, he he was, you know, if you looked at the the chart that we put in there, oh, yeah. you know, his, uh, yeah, he 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 was doing, you know, sets of, uh, you know, I think his pre assessment, I think his bench was some like one fifty five for one. I mean, at, at the end of his uh, thing, he did 155 for eight, yeah. and he did uh, 205. 205, for, you know, yeah, that was great. Yeah, he certainly made some progress, and, and his squat and his deadlift went up as well, you know. So, uh, well, yeah, anything it, it, you put on size, you're definitely going to be able to now yeah. use that to get stronger, right? So, no I, doubt. that makes no that doubt. makes perfect sense. And you, you, I mean, you did you did a great job with him because I mean, he put on 20 pounds in three months. And while he was concerned about his body fat, it only went from 9.42 to 10.36. So that's not a huge increase no, in body fat. You know? <laughs> not, not I mean, when I, when I was reading what he said, like, oh, you know, I've got a gut now and all this, I was like, wow, you know, you must have really piled it on. And then when I saw your chart, I, don't go, I, go, I go 1%, man, come on. That's not a big deal. But, but what's cool is you, you got him. Yeah, I mean, you got him, and then you got him to 180, which is still 12 pounds heavier than when he started, and his body fat was 7.94, so it actually went down. So, I mean, you did a great job with him. That's a nice transformation. But, you know, there's that fear because he's an ectomorph as well, man, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, my son, my middle son, he's the same. He's built the same way. So any little thing, like, I'm getting a gut, and I'm like, dude, really? That's not a gut. That's not even a pouch. Okay, you're not even a marsupial compared to a lot of these people walking around America right now. They would probably punch you in the face for saying that, like, you have a gut. It's like, come on, man. It's, it, that, but it's kind of, that's, <laughs> the, that's that fear of the hard gainers. Like, well, I don't want to get a gut. Like, dude, you, you need one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I mean, but but you know, ultimately he uh, he was really happy with the results. I was happy with the results. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was great having his wife Afia on board because it, you know, I mean, it, it, basically this whole thing came about. You know, he he was on that first book that we did for plant based performance that you were on, Mike, and uh, that that's how I got in touch with him. And then he contacted me after he submitted his article and said, "Hey, I got this idea, man. Can I come up to your training center?" I said, "Sure." And he said, "You know, I'm not happy with my." with my body size, I'd like to put on a little more mass. It's tough because I'm a runner, you know, yada, yada, yada. So he said, right. he, do you think that if we work together, I could put on 20 pounds following a 100% plant-based diet, no pills, no powders, no supplements. And he explains why in the book, why he didn't want to do any of that. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, then he's like, and keep up my distance running. I'm like, man, you, you want to make this thing harder? You know, <laughs> yeah. can we do it without squats too? And, and, and I was you should like, have well, been yeah. like and I, and I'm not going to sleep at night either, just to add yeah, in some extra exactly. complexity. I <laughs> high, you know. And uh, but yeah, I was like, let's uh, let's let's do it. I, I definitely think we can do it. And we started talking about nutrition. And he said, well, you know. And then he told me about his wife. He said, should I bring her? I said, hell yeah, bring her into the mix. I mean, well, basically like your own personal chef who love you know who loves making you know plant based foods. And and she did a great. I mean, the recipe section of the book is just kick ass. Oh, it's I mean, one of the best parts, man. Yeah. Yeah, she did phenomenal. So, I mean, it was like, you know, we put the dream team together and got to work. And, and it just shows that if you've got consistency, you know, dedication. And, and how about, you know, where he talked about being on tour and stuff like that, not having access to a gym, just kind of making do. Right. So many people use as an excuse yes, to, to exactly. give up. Oh, and, and he, you know, he didn't make great gains, but he didn't regress. 
He right. did what he could. Yeah. So but, it, it was it was a great experiment. Well, that's what I like about the book is that it's 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 an honest journey of what happened from start to finish, all the ups and downs, tribulations along the way, etc. He wasn't getting enough sleep during certain times. He was traveling a lot. You know, food wasn't optimal. And you just do the best you can in those situations so you don't regress much. You're going to regress to some degree, but you can hold on to some extent. I mean, if you go, if you do a couple of weeks where your workouts are not optimal, that's still a lot better than not working out at all. You know, exactly. go, go a month without training and then get back into it, man. It's not fun. It's like day right. one all over again, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels like some of the, some of the exercises feel like it's the first time you've ever done it. <laughs> you're sitting there trying to go try to do 100 push-ups. You get to like 20 and you're dying. Like, what, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening to me? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. It can be really demoralizing. But yeah, speaking of some of the recipes, the, the tea looks awesome. I'm going to make that today. It's his five-element energy tea with it's one tea bag of herba mate, one tea bag of peppermint, and one cup of hemp milk. And then if you want to use agave syrup or something like that to taste, I would probably put a little stevia or nothing in there. But that that's have you tried that, Scott? That looks like a really good mix. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah, his his uh he he was he was always drinking that stuff, man. And, and <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the one thing he uh the one thing he really liked was his pre his pre-training meal, which was always like a couple of yams, you know, with the pumpkin. That, that guy, like, I, I'm pretty convinced he lived off pumpkin seeds. He, put, <laughs> he was putting those on everything. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I've tried a couple of the recipes. I know some of the people on, uh, you know, Team Plant Build have tried them. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the feedback they were getting, you know, everybody, the recipes, one, they're simple. You know, they're, yes. they, they don't take forever to make and they taste great. And I think that's a great example of how eating plant-based is not dull. You know, I mean, the food, you can make the food taste good. And and this isn't like, you know, he's not out buying like pre-made stuff or pre-packaged stuff. He's, they're, they're making this stuff from scratch. So there, there's really, you know, no excuse that this stuff, you know, doesn't taste good. That's not good for you, that you can't get the calories, that you can't get all the necessary macronutrients. Right. You can certainly get the micronutrients. And, you know, all the other stuff makes it easier. I mean, if you want to throw some plant-based protein powder in there or something like that, hey, it's easy to whip up a high protein shake really quick but you don't need to right know, to hit all your to, to get enough protein to build muscle no that's cool and that's that's one of the things i really liked about it a lot as well it's it's funny you bring up the variety and all that because famous actress Anne hathaway she basically said i can't do vegan anymore because there's no variety it's like i don't want to just live off tofu <laughs> she, and garbanzo beans uh, she couldn't do like women anymore either yeah, yeah <laughs> well, she like, couldn't do like, women anymore either because there was no variety so she went back to so why are we talking about her? <laughs> no, but what's funny is like in her she mind, she's her... side, man. Come on. <laughs> in, in her mind, a vegan diet is tofu and garbanzo beans. Like those are the only two things you can eat on the diet. It's like, come on. If you follow any yeah, diet where you're only eating one or two things, it's going to get boring after a while. Well, there's so much more variety between beef, chicken, and turkey. You know, I mean. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so then uh, here's a question though: uh, how, no, how, did it, how did it affect Sickman's um, his running routine? Because, like I said, he's very religious about his running, man. So yeah, doing this program, really, how was it? Yeah, it it, it actually uh, he felt like you know the added leg strength and the added uh, torso strength, you know, the strength in his lower back and upper back. I mean, his posture was really really good. He felt that it enhanced his running, and he was still running about two, maybe three times a week, and he was logging some miles, yeah. you know, five to eight mile runs, an occasional ten plus mile run. And it didn't, you know, I just told him, I said, look, if you're going to keep up with that type of endurance, you just got to eat, man. You know, you got to make sure that you're bringing in the necessary amount of calories to fuel the activity right. as well as give you the surplus that you need to, to build. And it wasn't an issue. You know, it, it really wasn't an issue at all. You know, the problem I have with just putting on, 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm as big as I need to be for what I like to do. But every once in a while, I'm always thinking, you know what? If I put on 10 or 15 pounds, that would really drive up some of these lifts. And you get kind of excited about it. But then eating becomes a job to make that happen. You know, like right, right now I have long stretches between meals. I wait until I'm hungry and I feel good. But if I wanted to pack on some size, that's not going to work anymore. Now it has right. to be more frequent. And you're basically going to be – I mean it's just, it's just going to become another job where you, things don't taste as good because you're eating all the time. And also yep. I, whenever I see a bodybuilder, I always, I always laugh thinking that if someone punched him in the stomach right now, he would puke. Because these guys always have food in their stomach. No, he, no, he wouldn't. He would not yep. puke. He'd fart. Come on, man. Let's just, let's just be real. Because he's so full of whey protein. Somebody, hey, it's, yeah. it's gonna come. It's gonna come out of one well, one yeah, of that, them. That's, exactly. that's gonna happen sincere, whether I punch him in the stomach or not. All you gotta do is just ask. Just make a request. Hey, man, do you mind farting for me right now, on command? Sure. <laughs> no, there was. Uh, I forgot who said it. it. Was either Lou Ferrigno or someone I met at Gold's Gym Venice, where he would say that a lot of bodybuilders carry Lysol cans around because they're farting all time, all day long. Oh, man. <laughs> they were just Jeez. farting on command, man. And that's a sign that you're probably eating too much of something. And that's that's the other thing is that protein is overemphasized to say the least in the fitness community. Yes. And to, I, I'm not saying protein is not important. Obviously, it is. But once you have met your needs, what, going way beyond that is just excess, which is what is causing flatulence and other issues, man. Even Franco Colombo, right, who's not a vegetarian, he's a – Definitely a meat eater, and I got a couple of chiropractic adjustments from him when I lived in L.A., a very cool guy. And he said that when he and Arnold were training, they would only do one gram per kilo, talking about protein. And then when they went through a harder training cycle, they would add maybe 30, 40 grams. So, I mean, you say a guy's 220, he's probably only taking in about 140, 150 grams of protein, which by today's standards would be abysmally low. Where often it's right. recommended no less than one gram per pound and often more than that, yeah, two to three grams, two, yeah. which is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, where, where's the science, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what, what's funny is that there is science for the one gram per kilo. Right, there, yeah. isn't, there isn't any science for one gram per pound. That's just right. – that's, exactly. that's, that's to sell protein powder, obviously. You know, just think about it. If you have to take two grams per pound and you weigh 200 pounds, that's your lean body mass, 200 pounds, right? So 200 times two, you have to take 400 grams that's of protein. That's a lot of eating, man. Who yeah, yeah have fun eating all that, you know? That? Well, no, no one, no one does, which is why buy our protein powder. Like the next page, exactly. of that article will be a page yeah. for a protein powder. And I'm not against protein powders; I use them, but no. I don't use them to get 400 grams of protein in. <laughs> no, no, no. You know? I just I, I use them out of convenience. I have one uh, exactly. protein shake a day right after my training because I, it's usually I'm, I'm squeezing my training in in between sessions. Right. You know, I keep a shaker bottle here and a tub of uh, you know whatever plant based protein I'm using right now. I throw a scoop in, throw in some almond milk or something, shake it up. You know, drink it down, and and I mean, it's it's quick, it's simple, but that that's about all the supplemental protein that I use. And I I've got, you know, I track my stuff just to figure out where I was at one day, just just to see, right. you know, how I was doing. And on the days that I don't use protein powder, I was still exceeding the that that one uh one gram per kilo sure. uh requirement. I, yeah. I was still exceeding that, you yeah. know. And then with the protein powder, I was getting an extra twenty twenty or so grams a day, you know. So I mean, it's right. it's so easy, it's so easy. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, another guy who's a big fan of getting back to the yams is Nick Delgado. So I was thinking of him when I was yeah. reading what Stick said. Nick Delgado has probably 10 yams a day. And he does, he does, he's been doing, he, he's not 100% vegan, but he's uh, meaning that he, in his in his words, he will have maybe a little bit of meat here and there 
throughout the year. So he does. He uses it as a yeah. condiment. You know, that's one of the things. I don't, like, I don't think he. Like, I don't think he even uses it that much, though. I think it's more like every once in a while, if he's traveling, like he doesn't have it at the house. He doesn't use it in his meals yeah. that he prepares. And he says that he feels best on a hundred percent vegan. He's just not that strict, meaning that if he goes to a restaurant and a little bit of meat ends up in his salad, he doesn't care. You know, that that's bit that was that was my impression from the interviews I've seen with him. But he does a very high carbohydrate diet. And that's the other thing that is often just uh, denig- denigrated. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> just denigrated oh is people feel that if you even look at carbohydrates, you're going to put on body fat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you, I mean, you take anything in excess, you're going to put on body fat, whether it's protein, fat, sure. or carbohydrates. It's easy to overdo carbs. I will say that, especially garbage carbs. But yeah. try, try performing at a high level on a really low carbohydrate diet. It's right. Uh, there's some people that are outliers that can, but most people are going to feel like crap. I mean, let's, is there one UFC fighter who does a fucking low carb diet? <laughs> I can't I, think of I, one. Nah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> you know, and, I really and if, doubt. And if they do, nine times out of ten, we probably you only see them on the prelims, okay? <laughs> or we see them <laughs> fighting on Facebook. We'll never see them like headlining a pay per view. <laughs> That's the thing. Or, or, or they're lying to sell their, their uh, latest paleo cookbook or something. Oh, my right, God. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Right. No, that that's the other thing too is that people just make up a lot of shit. Like Herschel Walker used to say he never lifted weights, right? Just did body weight stuff. And then people yeah. in the know, people in the know say he used to sneak into the gym. To get his squats and deadlifts and presses in. I'm yeah. like, you're not gonna get quads like that, man, just from doing body weight <laughs> squats. I'm like, you, you've gotta put something on your back. You gotta lift something up, man, to do that. <laughs> you can run all the stadium stairs you want, and I'm sorry. No, you gotta Well that's that's what that's what you dealt with with stick, right, Scott, where he he was basically doing calisthenics and he wasn't doing a, a, a regimen to put on size, which was why he was having a hard time putting on some size. And then oh, when you yeah, got- that's, why I knew, that's why I knew it was going to be so easy, uh, because when he told me what he was doing, he, you know, he was basically training like you would think like an old school boxer would train, you know, right. doing a lot of jump rope, <laughs> doing <laughs> a lot road of calisthenics, yeah. yeah, the road work, doing some, uh, doing some bag work and then just, just some upper body stuff, right. you know, curls, some press and push-ups so i i knew you know his body was going to soak it up like a sponge you know yeah it was a convenient way of training for him especially when you're an artist you're on the road because a lot of times that's all you're going to be able to do you know, a lot of times you're not going to have you know a, a, you know access to some weight rooms or things like that and yeah, if you do have back- one at a hotel it's not going to be the best you know it's, it's yeah. probably going to have an elliptical a treadmill and like five pound dumbbells in there so sure <laughs> in his backgrounds you know his backgrounds in martial arts when he yeah. started getting healthy he started in you know kung fu and, and martial mm-hmm. arts and and so i mean he he just that, that's a little bit more you know you, you can see when you're training in those gyms and stuff like that why you're going to be you're going to gravitate a little bit more towards that mm-hmm. and he he loves running though i mean that, that's the thing yeah. i mean he doesn't he, he, running is like his his fucking meditation, meditation you know i mean man. he yeah, goes exactly. yeah right. he loves it that's where he kind of just loses himself and just goes out nothing else exists and it's just he's he's completely you know in the moment you know yeah. that that's his thing that's awesome i, see, I mean I, I think of, that's yeah. No, I'm I'm just saying that's the type of long distance running I can support. Like if you're doing it as a a way of meditation, that's something that just makes you really feel good. I have no issue with that. But when you're trying to go long distance just so you can be leaner and lose weight and all that, that's when you're flawed right there. I'm like, no, man, because you're you're losing weight, but you're not losing the weight you that you'd want to lose. You're losing muscle big time when you're running like that, because a lot of times those people who are saying that they're not eating properly or training properly to run those long distances and lose exactly. the right type of weight. They're just getting on that scale, right. but now they're skinny fat. And I'm sorry, skinny fat is far less sexier than just somebody who's regularly fat, okay, who's just <laughs> normally fat. You know, just be you know, the real thing. He's like, come on, man, if you're going to be fat, just be fat. Don't, 
don't, do, don't be a fake fat. And like, oh, I'm skinny. Look at me. Like, no, but your arms are flapping in the wind. You know, little person. Come power on. power lifter fat is so much cooler than skinny fat. <laughs> exactly. Man, at, least, at least you're if strong. You're fat, at least you're strong. Yeah, you're strong. If you're fat, you got traps and forearms right on, you know? <laughs> you know, and come to the apocalypse, I know which one is going to be on my menu right there. I'm not going for skinny fat over there. <laughs> you're an appetizer. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> right. Now, you're putting yourself in this catabolic state when you do yeah. all that. I and mean, you can manage those things, such as someone like Ben Greenfield does, who's very smart about his training and restoration and so forth. But he's not going into that style of training with the intent of trying to improve his physique composition. Right. He's going into that because he has goals outside of that. But just chasing reps is not going to improve your physique composition. Whether even even that that's one of my criticisms of kettlebell sport, which I don't which I don't dislike. But I think when people say, "Oh, I'm going to do these 10 minute sets to lose weight," I go, "You're you're going to lose. You're not. You're going to lose some muscle too, man, because your body's going to look at the most efficient way to do this stuff, where it's going to sacrifice anything that's unnecessary to it. Now you can mitigate those things. You can manage it by tailoring programs really well, such as what you do, sincere yeah, and Ken and and there. Scott, you know." You got to do some supplemental training with that. Otherwise, again, it's, it's, it's again, this is endurance training, and you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice some muscle for that. And there's gonna be people like, no, no, kettlebells giving me muscle. Like, well, here's the thing: you're gonna get muscles to a point. Again, this is coming from if you're someone that's been sitting on the couch for most of your <laughs> I, life, then yeah, you're gonna get some muscle from that type of training, but you're gonna hit that sticking point where it's no longer <laughs> gonna be any gains anymore. And now you're just gonna be delusional <laughs> and telling yourself, no, but no, this is the only way I should, be, you know, we can train and blah blah blah. That's that. Kind Cognitive dissonance, right? They're like, come on, quit no. being so religious today. Let it go and realize, pick up a barbell or a dumbbell. It's okay, and it's not going to deter you from your kettlebell sport training if you do it in the in the right way. So what that means I mean, is get a coach. Okay, get a coach. Don't no, try to exactly. just figure it out. Otherwise, it's going to take a little while longer. To, what's your goal? You know, I mean, are, exactly. are you are, are you training to compete? Well, that's different. Then you put exactly. all your eggs in that exactly. basket. You get ready right. for that competition. Are you doing it, you know, just because, like, is it like kind of quote unquote off season? You want to compete at some yeah. point in time? Well, there's nothing wrong with doing a little bit of barbell work to supplement it, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you want to build a little bit of muscle or something. You know, I mean, you've just got to, you've, you've just always got to train with the goal in mind. And, you know, the closer you get to a competition, then you've really got to start dialing in what it is that you're trying to, to do, you know, because you, you, you can only commit so much time to training, you know, before it starts taking away. So if, if you're exactly. trying to raise, your squat or your deadlift while you're you're two two months out from a kettlebell meet probably not a good idea. Right, but right. you know, in the quote unquote off season, yeah, there's no reason you can't push those lifts all, all simultaneously. Yeah. You just have to be smart about it. And that's yeah. one thing I've always been a proponent of. I said, look, okay, you're training for kettlebell sport. Every sport has an off season. So you need to treat it as such. You know, you can call it periodization, you can call it off season, whatever it is. You need that time off. And just for just the mental sake of taking some time off from training for that specific sport too. Sure. Because if you're training for a kettlebell meet all year round and you're trying to compete in one every month, you're going to burn out soon. I don't give a damn how much you love kettlebells, man, and kettlebells. Oh, yeah. You're going to end up it's hating brutal, it, man. you know, just because, especially when you're not getting paid to do it. So it just makes it, it makes <laughs> it suck even more. Like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, come on, man. Yeah, that, that, I always used to laugh when people used to talk about how boring training for kettlebells was. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing, exactly. man? It's fucking hard. Yeah. There's nothing boring yeah. about it, man. It's, it's fucking hard, you well, know? I mean, yeah, than okay, than so the, the exercise with it. Right, yeah, you're falling asleep during your set where you're doing something fucking wrong. Or I'm doing something wrong because I'm fucking dying over here. You know. So need to change. First of all, you need to quit. You need to stop competing with those 12 kilo kettlebells for like the last five years. That's why you're bored. You have not moved up. Like, come on. And I don't care who you are. No matter how long you've been doing this, those freaking 32s never get 
easy. I don't care. You can be a world champion. You can still see misery on their faces. Those 32s own you no matter who you are. And that's what's so yeah. beautiful about that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they never get light. 140 pounds for 10 minutes straight the, the, moving up and down. Hell no. It's never going to get easy. I don't care who yeah. you are. <laughs> The, the best, the best explanation, sincere, I, I ever heard, and, and you, you might have heard this too. Uh, I remember talking to Marty Farrell back in the day when he had, he had jumped up from the, you know, this, this was back before people were making the incremental kettlebells. You know, basically when you had sixteens, twenty fours, and thirty twos. Yeah. And yeah. Mar- Marty was putting up some really legit numbers with twenty fours. I mean, he was he was jerking like you know seventy, eighty reps. He was yeah. snatching. I mean, he was putting some big numbers. His first set with the thirty twos, he did like fucking nineteen reps or something. Yeah, man. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> they humble really? you. I said, was he stop? <laughs> Yeah, he goes, it's like, it's like a completely different sport. Yeah. And that's how those jumps between bells, you know, the 16s to 24s, Look, 24s man. to 32s, it's like, it's a different, you're, you're it's like starting over. And, you know, you're 34 back to new pounds that you're throwing on there, man. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like a deadlift. Okay. If you're sitting there, okay, you can deadlift 440, you know, let's say you can do it for five reps or whatever. And you throw on, let's say 35 more pounds and you go up to 475. All of a sudden that five for five doesn't feel the same anymore. But in your right. mind, like it's only 35 pounds. Yeah, man, but it's a, it's a different type of thirty-five pounds. But when you're getting when you're getting close to your genetic limitation, <laughs> exactly. five pounds is going to feel heavy. Ten pounds is going to feel heavy. And exactly. I think with deadlifts, I've noticed that even uh, certain certain weights just never feel light with deadlifts. It doesn't no. matter how strong you get, right? Five plates still feels heavy. Yeah. But the difference is you can do it now. Like before, I couldn't do it for reps. Now I can. But it's, it doesn't feel easy or light. You just can do it. It's like you, you're just able to dig deeper and get it done now because it's, it's not because I put on size or build bigger muscles. It's that your CNS is your central nervous system is more engaged and you and just you have the toughness in your movement. That's one thing. Yeah, you, exactly. You're in your movement because you don't want it to suck any more than it has to. So no, that's you, right. I do some extra movement that does not count and help you like you normally would do if something a little bit. Well, lighter. I mean, one the thing, thing the thing with the deadlift is the most important part are the first few inches off the floor. Right. So in other words, if you can set up properly where that bar moves several inches, then you can finish the rest. But when you do everything you can and it barely comes off the ground oh, or it doesn't so- come off the ground, forget it. It's not going to go. <laughs> you just look at that bar like, okay, today you Yeah, Pilates starts looking awesome at that point. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing – I mean, if you if you can get the bar to let's say just below your knees, you can probably grind it out, oh, yeah. finish it off, right? But if you but if you can't get it to yeah, past your shins, your forget it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, forget it. If you, but I mean, that's that's where that dip and drive and, and exploding at the right time. If you can just time it perfectly, it's magic. It feels like the yeah. bar bounces off the ground. It's a cool feeling, and then you can finish. It's a totally totally big confidence builder more than anything else but when you're trying to rip that bar off the ground that you just gave it everything you had and it didn't move forget it yeah i mean one thing <laughs> i've learned that that's really helped me man is this thing it's, just, it's what i've kind of described as sit and peel as soon as i like when i get ready to lift i can kind of just sit back for that split second and then peel that bar up like you know up your shins think about it like a banana peel or whatever it seems to work a lot better than just thinking okay i'm just going to just put all my weight back in my heels and just pull this thing up no i gotta sit there and tell myself sit and peel dude sit act like you're trying to find a chair behind you because otherwise you kind of roll a little bit to the front and that's where things kind of go bad you yeah know, you kind of even if you move just a, a millimeter forward with that bar and let it roll just that little bit before you pick it up screws everything up yeah man. yeah so that's true what, that's why you got to sit and peel that's what i'd say you know and it, it's helped a lot of my clients when i tell them that <laughs> and if you don't sponsor the show you can sit and spin how about that <laughs> 
<laughs> you're listening to this episode. You've never supported us. That's the, that's the other option. <laughs> oh man, all oh. this great training information. And why is this, why do I hear some syrup pouring coffee in the background? <laughs> Somebody, why does a dog lick his balls? And quote Steve Carter because I can. Oh man, I was laughing what you were saying sincere about how you know if you've been really sedentary, like you're gonna build muscle doing anything. You pick up a light weight, you know, you're gonna start building some muscle. And, yeah. I mean, if you're really sedentary, you're gonna build muscle walking your doggy around the you don't you don't want to look at what like a study with a bunch of sedentary people and the progress <laughs> exactly. they made in five or six where he's like wow that guy put a hundred pounds on his bench press it's like yeah he's never done it before is the part they he stopped, he stopped putting a hundred pounds on his plate at the buffet that's why <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's the science right there man so you need to go from lifting your fork to lifting real iron, you know, because you got, you, got, you, you go lift some heavy weights, then you can go use yeah, exactly. that fork to lift some food afterwards. You know? Oh, man. Let's talk about this plant-built team, uh, Scott. How did, how did this whole thing come All together? Right. I remember you told me about it a while back, and I've had a few of the members email me, and I, I think it's a great idea. How did this whole thing come together? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we talked about it last year, you know, when uh, I was on the show, and, huh? and that was actually right before I was invited to be on the team. It started back prior to 2013. Uh, the co-founders, uh, Giacomo and his fiance, Danny, they started this team. It was mainly bodybuilders and physique competitors who were vegan, and they wanted to do it as a means of, one, being just really good examples for plant-based athletes, showing that you can follow a vegan diet and a vegan lifestyle and, and be competitive you know, build muscle and, and such. And it was pretty cool because in 2013, they chose the naturally fit games in Austin, Texas to be where they were going to do their meetup and their competition. And there was only like 13 or 15 of them back then. And they represented about 10% of the bodybuilding co competitors. They ended up winning 40% of the awards, which was pretty awesome. And then 2014, it, they, they chose naturally fit games again and they mm -hmm. decided to add CrossFit and powerlifting to the team. And we ended up having like 40, I think about 41 participants. It was about 21 bodybuilders, I think six powerlifters and like four crossfitters. And again, you know, we did really, really well. And this year, I think we've got almost 50, like 45 or 48 competitors. The powerlifting teams doubled in size. There's, there's 15 powerlifters. There's 15 bodybuilders in physique. There's four kettlebell sport. And there's, uh, I think like 10 crossfitters this year. And everybody's just, it's really awesome because people are kind of coming out of the woodwork to join the team. And, and it's so awesome to see like, like say CrossFit, which is so paleo dominant to see so many people who compete in CrossFit competition who, who are, who are vegan. And actually one of our girls took second last year in a huge competition, you know, down at the naturally fit games. So it's pretty awesome to, to just show people that you can do really, really well in these, these strength and physique competitions, uh, while being, you know, while following a vegan diet. And then the other, the primary goal for the team, you know, in addition to raising awareness was also to find a way to support and give back to animal welfare organizations and vegan nonprofits and, and vegan outreach. Right. And that's what we do. That's what we do with the Indiegogo, uh, uh, fundraiser that we're doing. And it's pretty cool. I mean, last year, I know, Mike, you've, you've supported it both years, and that's really awesome. I mean, we, we sincerely appreciate it oh, and everybody pleasure. else who's, who's supported. And it just allows us to, you know, not only 
to do what we do, but also to be a voice for the animals and to help support these these great animal welfare organizations and stuff. So it's pretty cool and also gives us a chance to, you know, give back. We we've got some awesome sponsors and supporters who give us things to give as, you know, the various perks for people who donate and such. And it's just it's been really, really cool, man. So many great companies have gotten behind the team uh, and supported us, donated different, you know, I mean we you know, everything from supplement to clothes for the athletes. Uh, and things to give away for our perks for the uh, Indiegogo campaign. And I mean, it's, it's been really awesome to see how many people who support what we're doing, who believe in what we're doing. And it just, it, it really is awesome to be part of such a big group of people in what would typically be very kind of self-centered and egotistical sports. I mean, you're talking about bodybuilding, you're talking about powerlifting, you know, I mean, these are sports where people, it's usually about me, 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 you know, my right. lifts, my PRs, my, right. my abs, you know, my striated glutes or whatever, but <laughs> it's, it's not, that. that's not what it's about. You know, I yeah. mean, everybody, they, they care more about kind of the, the greater good than they do about their own individual. You know, it's not like we want to get there and perform poorly. That's not it at yeah. all, but they see it as a way to support these animal welfare organizations and vegan outreach and it's so cool to, to kind of come together and be a part of a group with you know something greater in mind like that and, and to yeah. do some good you know, and bring awareness to that i mean and it's so many people get like last year i think pamela anderson shared our uh our fundraiser and i know just the other day uh andrew hurley from fallout boy uh, oh, yeah. shared our, cool. our fundraiser on his thing. yeah i mean it's so cool to see how many people get behind you know what we're doing and it brings so much attention and and, and it just shows that you know, you can, if you're even on the fence about wondering if you can do really well in these types of things by following a, a vegan diet, that, you know, these people are just smashing the stereotype. Now, now we don't have the science yet, but, you know, for, <laughs> through, through empirical evidence, we, we, have, we have proved that you can do really well in these in these uh, sports and disciplines following a uh, vegan diet. So it's, the, the, the team's awesome. I mean, everybody on the team's great. Uh, they're all, they, they all contribute, you know, uh, to animal welfare to to vegan outreach and stuff like that and like i said you can do so much more as a group than you can as an individual no doubt and it's just our opportunity to do that so it's 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 a great organization great group of people and i'm I'm really just honored to be uh to be a part of it so yeah i'm not not surprised you're involved with something like this because you you embody reciprocity really well scott and that's one thing that's one thing i've always liked about how you carry yourself and how you run your business because both sincere and i have mentioned how you have referred business to both of us and a lot of people in our business do not do that because they have this real insecurity that if they recommend anyone else, somehow it's going to detract from them. And I can always tell when someone grew up in the hardcore music scene because that is the exact opposite of the message there where a lot of the hardcore bands are always supporting each other. Like we've had Freddie Madball, we've had Billy from Biohazard, we've had John Joseph on the show. If you ask any of these guys to post any of their interviews on their respective pages, they do it in a heartbeat. You know, Freddie Madball's not thinking, well, I don't want to put that Billy interview up because maybe people will go to his show instead of mine. <laughs> you know, or it's like, I don't know if I should put up John Joseph. He's a legend from the Chromex. That may detract. People may not like the Mad, the new Madball record as much if they go find out about them. You know, they don't have right. that mentality at all. They have a strong reciprocity. And then those guys support a lot of organizations as well where they're giving back. So I think, I think, I think what you're, I, I like the, the whole message of what you're talking about, but I also like the fact that. You're getting away from narcissistic behavior because there's no shortage of that in the fitness industry where most people are just fucking posting pictures of themselves every five minutes or like, here's another PR I set or, and I'm not saying it's bad to do that all the time. I mean, I, I like, I like to put up when I, when I, when I have, when I 
do an impressive lift from my own standards. I like to share that just so people know I'm actually working well, out and well, still making progress. Yeah. If you didn't post it's it, it something... didn't happen. You know, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but it's something it's something you identify with because you know, you know, whether somebody deadlifted 225 for the first time or 500 for the first time. I mean, you know, you've made those those jumps along the way. You know, there was a time when 225 and 275 was a PR for you. So it's exciting right, to see right. somebody break that barrier. Exactly. So no, it, it's cool. I mean, it's when people start, you know, defining themselves by it or they act like. You know, there's nothing else to life other than, you know, fucking lifting a barbell or, or, you know, flexing your biceps or whatever. You know, that's where it gets out of hand. I mean, right, we right. do this stuff because we enjoy it and we love doing it. And it's something that, you know, you can definitely identify with. But, you know, I mean, if that's if that's your sole existence, man, read a fucking book, man. <laughs> it's going to be pretty <laughs> so much vacant. It's going to be a pretty vacant yeah, existence. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, go 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 volunteer somewhere. Help out. No, I think the best part about getting stronger fit is that it's so empowering. You start thinking about what else can I do? How can I empower my personal exactly. life? How can I help other people out? And we've, right. we've seen people like that. We've seen people such as Christina was on the show a couple of weeks ago and she got stronger and then used that as a way to Get an important message out there. Bring awareness exactly. to a very important issue to her. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's all about. I mean, I just, I just, that's why I do what I do. You know, I enjoy helping people, whether they're high level athletes or whether they're just trying to to become healthier and more fit. You know, I, I love taking what I've learned and, and helping. You know, using that information to help people uh, get better at whatever they're trying to do. So when when I see people that I've worked with succeed, I mean, it, it makes me feel good. You know, and and it just, I, I think it more. You know, and a lot of people are like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, there's, it's so awesome to see other people helping each other out. It's so awesome to see people helping other organizations out. I, I mean, you know what it's like with animal welfare, Mike. I mean, there's sure. so many great organizations out there that can't function right. uh, or have a hard time and, you know, send them five bucks, you know, go volunteer, go, you know, do something. I mean, right. a- any, anything helps. And, you know, when you start approaching life like that, I mean, it really gives your life a lot more meaning, you know, other than just, Hey, what can I do for myself? Yeah. Yeah. When every day is about what can I do to make myself feel better? And then the reality is, is that if you go out and help other people, other beings, et cetera, that's going to make you feel a lot better as opposed to taking drugs, narcotics, going to the strip club, going gambling, doing all these self-destructive behaviors. Absolutely, and yeah. that's something that I think what you said is something that John Jones needs to hear, you know, because here's a guy, we're all UFC fans and we can kind of segue yeah. into this a little bit, but here's, here's, in my opinion, the most talented UFC or MMA fighter ever, well on his way to being the greatest ever of all time, yet he just keeps having these self-destructive behaviors. Yeah. Well, that, that's, Isn't that's, it? That's, it's so, unbelievable, From man. a psychological standpoint, I, just, I have a different theory on that right there. And just to quote Kevin Hart from his last stand-up special, no, he was not ready. <laughs> That's what that is, man. Too much too soon. Too yeah. much too soon. Yeah. And yeah. it's almost it's almost tinkering on that entitlement thing. Okay, so when you really yeah. when you really have not struggled long enough to really appreciate it, when it's just that's the only thing about yeah. really having no, talent. Right. That's the one bad thing about having talent, man. And when yeah. it's well, so you easy for that, you yeah. that you really can't appreciate it until you lose everything. And then it's like, ah. You know, it's kinda like what, you know, like we were talking about um, just with this recent fight with Pacquiao and Mayweather. You know, Mike Tyson's in the audience and some jackass behind him reaches down to take a selfie without Mike knowing it. So basically he's behind Mike. First of all, <laughs> first of all, how <laughs> drunk are you to think that you can sneak up behind Mike Tyson and just grab him around his neck and try yeah, to Yeah, it's not a smart move. <laughs> there are better no. ways to commit suicide than to do that, okay? There are far <laughs> easier, quicker ways to commit suicide than to do that. But, you know, the thing about Mike, you know, he didn't, he was about to, you know, punch the guy or whatever. Then Mike just kind of like, you know, get off me. 
And then Mike went back on his Mary West and said, man, this dude is so lucky that this was not the Bush-Clinton-era Mike Tyson because he would have got punched the F out right there in the stands. I said, but it's cool. I said, I have more respect for Mike. I I have more respect for Mike now after his career is over, you know, than ever before because now that he lost everything, it seems like he's gained everything now. You know, it's just like he's got perspective. He's got all these people yeah. out of his ear. He can be the man that he that he can be on his own without people trying to mold him into who they think he should be. And I think that's what's happening yeah. with a lot of these young champions because they're not John. I mean, first of all, you know, we don't really know what's going on. You know, at, you know, Jackson Winkle John or whatever, whatever. But here's the thing: when you're the you're their big money maker, I can only imagine you know what's going on on a daily basis when sure. he's training because the more he wins, the more their gym wins. It's good for business Absolutely. for them. So, of course, they're not going to all – I don't care who you are. You know, the thing is when, you, when you're when you basing your business around these type of athletes or whatever, then you're going to do – I mean, hell, the UFC does it with all the athletes. You know, they're going to do what's best for their business. Yeah, you know, they, they sit there and say they care about their athletes. At the end of the day, man, it's about the bottom line and the well, de- Definitely in the UFC with Winkle, John, though. I mean, Jones may – he may be even way worse off if he didn't yeah. have that influence from them. <laughs> And they can't control every action no. he takes either, I mean, right? He's a he's a grown man, so there's only so much they can do is. for him. Exactly. Yeah. So you know that's what it comes down to. It's just like you got. I think again, it's too much too soon, and he wasn't ready. And then I always look at the aspect also. You got two brothers who are at the top of their game as well. You know, so you you're that that it's always competing. You know, you got your brothers, two Super Bowl winners or whatever. Right. I, I right. feel like that can influence things too. Like, okay, I got to stay on top of my game, and there's so much pressure, dude. Especially when you're that young. It's like, well, how do oh, I? Oh no, keep no, up? no doubt, no <laughs> doubt about it. And too much too soon. And I also think. That it's too easy, too soon. Yeah, where, exactly. Where like even said, yeah. even where he half-assed a training camp, he goes in and dominates opponents. <laughs> so, and you so know, forth. you know what that does to your ego. You're like, well, shit. I mean, why, look at the fight. Look, look at the fight with Cormier. Nobody's ever dominated Cormier like that. He never lost a fight, let alone been dominated like that. And Jones did whatever he wanted to. He took him down at will, punched him in the gut, you know, just just to make a statement. He's like, "Here you go, fat boy." Boom. You know? So it's kind of like you know, even though you're probably not a bully, you can you position yourself just to be a bully. Like, let me slap this kid around a little bit. And like, he's older than you, but you treat him like a little kid. You treat him like and, your and little brother. And if he if he walked if he walked through Anthony Johnson easily, then it, oh, it, then what? it probably would have been an even bigger problem yeah, he, because yeah, I thought I, I felt that Anthony Johnson was a real threat. I mean, I know yeah, we say that every time he fights someone, it's like, oh. This guy's a real threat, but I felt that Anthony Johnson was a real threat. I think Anthony Johnson's going to beat Cormier for the yeah, title in a couple too. weeks. I think that's going to be really good. But uh, yeah, speaking, it be good speaking speaking of fight, that guy that was bothering Mike Tyson, what he should have been doing is going and betting on Mayweather because that's the safest bet you could ever make in your <laughs> life, man. You could have bet your fucking house on him waiting and not break a sweat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I made a point. Um, I haven't been betting much recently because I've lost a few, but that one I was like, screw it, man. If there's ever a time to bet, this is the one. <laughs> Of course, I bet on Mayweather, and that was good. It was, it was, it was so two to funny, one favorite. Man. It was nothing. It was so funny, like that whole weekend. Like I didn't watch the fight; I could care less about it. It's it's one of those fights. It's kind of boring. Like, boring it's fight. Like this. It's like this. It's like wrestling fans. Like with WrestleMania, we had Sting <laughs> fighting Triple H. Okay, you're eight years too late. Nobody cares about that match anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it'd be like somebody said, it'd be like it'd be like, it's like Randy Couture. I don't know, man. Fighting who? who just pick somebody old. Like Tito. No, he already yeah, fought Tito. Who did? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Randy, Randy fighting Fedor now. Fight, yeah, like that's that, what somebody yeah. posted. It's like they had that fight today randy versus fader no one would give a damn because it's too late and that's why i feel about this fight but then what kills me is that all these people who of course you know you have all the sanctimonious people getting on facebook about this cause and that cause but then the man was talking about the fight i said you know what instead of spending a hundred dollars on this useless pay-per-view and this is before the fight even started i said why not take that hundred dollars and donate to a women's shelter instead of supporting a known convicted wife beater 
and making his pockets yeah. even fatter. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna put, I'm gonna do something that that Mayweather couldn't do for the last five or six years with Pacquiao. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. So I went to our local shelter, which I donate to anyway, and I made a hundred dollar donation right then. And I po- I did a screenshot and posted. I said, okay. I said, we've done ALS challenges and all this other stuff. Here's my challenge. Who's with me? You know, I said, go mm-hmm. and, and and donate to your local shelter and, and post yours up there just to show that that, that you stand yeah. behind that. You know, that you're not you're not behind all this stuff. That you don't support you know this domestic abuse or whatever. A few people took me on the challenge and then there's a, a million likes. I said, I don't care about your likes. Yeah, make exactly. a donation, even if you don't make a hundred dollar donation. Even if it's if it's five dollars, it goes a long way. Do yeah. that. You know, okay. that's my thing. I don't care about likes. Likes do nothing, you know, to help yeah, I mean, these we, women and these children. The 300 million people in the U.S., if everybody donated a buck, One dollar, you know. That would be transformative, man, for any cause. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, then you got all the people pissed off. Like, yep. I spent $100 on that fight. I'm like, well, you know, you can't be mad. You got <laughs> what you, smart. you, got what you deserved. <laughs> no, if you were smart, you could have streamed that shit online for free. Ex- you know? Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talk, to any, talk to any kid that grew up during the Mike Tyson era and, and – Ask them how it felt to sit there and give away your allowance at that time, or if you're sort of high, you had a high school job, how you just gave away fifty bucks every month for a five second fight. Okay, tell them how that felt. Now, what, what you needed, what you what you needed was a friend with the black box where they get yeah. all the paper. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now, there's a chance the FBI might have showed up while you're watching that fight. Hey, they don't show up. Yeah. That, that damn, I mean, you, you can look at that warning now, like, come on, the FBI's got bigger. Oh, I know, fish to I know, I, right I, I, I know. I always used to laugh when people were like, oh, I'm paranoid. There's a, there's a white van in front of my house. It's like, yeah, to that's catch a child molester, man. That's not a you, you, you need to call yeah. the FBI about that white van outside your house. Okay? They're not, they're not going to come busted through the door to catch you watching the Mike Tyson fight. Uh, you know what's funny about the Mayweather thing is that actually it's not really funny. It's more just a sad statement on society is that they they delayed any punishment for some of these crimes you're talking about, sincere, because they didn't want to miss out on Vegas exactly. cashing in on you know millions of dollars that weekend. I mean hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, how did, Forget how about it. With John Jones, you know they kept delaying. Hey, let's just put him in rehab for a day. You know, yeah, that was very beneficial. That no, any, anyone else would have been in jail, but with him, they're like, well, we'll put him in jail later, yeah. maybe because yeah, exactly. right now maybe. there's money to be made. You know, yeah. exactly. Celebrity privilege, man. Oh my gosh, again that entitlement, man. <laughs> so. No, but and you bring up a good point, sincere, about uh, John Jones. I mean, he's a young guy, and that's that's not that we can use that necessarily as an excuse, but it is a reason where it's too much, too soon. You're getting all this attention, you're getting, and then all the pressure of being a champion. And none of this is where we're supposed to be a boo-hoo, John. But we're looking right. at we're looking at reality here. We're looking at reasons why this is happening rather than excuses for why it's Ex- happening. Exactly. <laughs> Into my hopefully, well, you know, there's a young our... athlete listening right now or a coach listening right now who can help curb that behavior right off the bat. My thing is, look, really... look at the NFL, man. Oh my God! What, I mean, what about these NFL players? I mean, I mean come they, on. They really? come out of they come out of college and and sign multi million dollar oh. deals. You know, they're 22 years old and and they get handed a check for oh, millions I, of dollars. I, I do you want? What they need to do is get appointed a, a damn financial advisor, <laughs> man. I mean, these are coach. You trust? Yeah, you know, and or you got the other ones. You know, the NBA where they're coming straight out of high school going right to the NBA and getting millions. I'm like, first of all, they've been in like impoverished neighborhoods all their lives. And then at 18, someone just drops millions of dollars in your pocket and they expect they you to handle money. it. And right. it's not like your mom can help you. She's been broke all her life along with you. I mean, just, just ask, just add, I mean, just ask yourself, like three of us, imagine if you made 10 million when you were 22, I, that would have been a disaster, man. Yeah. 
it, it would be it would be I probably would, wouldn't be here honest, right now. Honestly, <laughs> now even now you would have to be like, okay, this is I need to really educate myself on how to handle all this stuff. But you're older and you're gonna you're gonna make that decision. But when you're 22, man, come on, you're not thinking, oh man, I need to get a financial advisor. On, you're you thinking, know, I'm gonna go to if, somebody, if somebody handed me if somebody handed me 22 million or, or 10 million when I was 22, I'd still be hungover, man. <laughs> <laughs> you'd still you'd still be at the blackjack table. <laughs> You're like, I'm just gonna keep doing these five dollar bets, make this last. I don't I don't think the average person also realizes what it's like to be in the spotlight where people are just looking at your every move. Your your personal life, you go out in public, you got cameras falling around, people are analyzing, it's like, oh he's dating so and so now. That would get old real fucking fast, man. Where yeah. just imagine, just imagine your personal life right now. Now imagine if, if everyone knew about it and you had to answer questions about it all the time. That would get old really fast. Right. Yeah. So I, I always say it's better to make the money and be unknown. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I don't. I don't need anyone to know that. I don't. Shit. Yeah. I don't need any new friends. No, I'm good. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no new friends. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, hey, man, it's been great having you on. We don't want to hold you up all day. So uh, where, where can people find out more information about the book, Scott, and then your gym and everything else you're doing? So uh, I, I think the website that Stick and Afia put up is called YoJoCulture.com, uh, and the book's available on there. And I've also got links to it on all my websites. Uh, they can get to you from ScottShetler.com and then uh, Extreme-Fitness.org. And we also did, I uh, just want to mention real quick, we did the second plant-based performance book. Um, that came out at the end of uh, last year. And uh, again, we featured a bunch of vegan athletes, uh, health and fitness pros, activists, and whatever, contributed articles just like the first book. We had some really cool people on it. One of the big ones I was psyched about because I've been a fan of these guys forever is uh, Jeremy uh, Hebert from Comeback Kid. He, he okay, was featured cool. on the book. Got Corey, the vegan Dread Washington on there, John the Badass, Vegan Lewis. I mean, just a bunch of cool uh, – and a bunch of people from Plant Built. I think we had 23 people on this book. Uh, this one goes to benefit uh, the Animal Legal Defense Fund and Forgotten Animals Rescue, which is a local Atlanta rescue. So 50% of the sales go to each of those. So, again, 100% right. goes to Animal Welfare on that. That's at plantbasedperformance.org. And the old book's still available there. That one goes to benefit Mercy for Animals. So that's kind of what's going on with that. But, uh, yeah, they can grab Eat Plants, Lift Iron at yojoculture.com or through either of my websites. I've got links as well. And also I uh, just want to mention the Plant Built deal real quick. We're uh, sure. going to be down in Austin, Texas at the Naturally Fit Games. That'll be the first week of June. Uh, most of us are getting in like June 2nd or 3rd, and we'll be there that whole week. The competition is on the 6th. And there's going to be bodybuilding, physique competition, powerlifting, CrossFit, kettlebell sport. Uh, the AKA will be holding uh, competition at this. I don't know, sincere. Are you guys going down to that one? I think uh, Cam. I think Cam Blackburn is going to be competing in the bodybuilding event, right? Isn't this his first time? <laughs> I hope so, man. I should hope so. He should not back back from the. Board, he's getting. He's getting. He's, he's getting. He's getting. No, I mean, he's days. getting. He sent me a text saying he's getting his ass tanned right now you know, in preparation. <laughs> as long as he's uh, got the science behind it, man. I can't wait to see it. But, uh, but, yeah, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just not heard about that. You know, <laughs> Somebody, and that's disturbing if Ken is going to be there. But no, yeah. Um, no, yeah, man, I'm trying to make it out there. I'm already going to be there a couple of weeks before that, um, taking um, a shooting course out there as well. But any any excuse to go to Austin, you know, I'm all for it. So, you know, and I know we missed each hey, other what? last time you came out. <laughs> 
So, because uh, I know it was like the week of my birthday or whatever, and I had something else going on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, yeah, my, man, I'll try to make it out there. You know, just reach out to me. Let me know, you know, where you guys yeah. want to be, and I'll see if I can I mean, come I'd, up. I would, I wouldn't mind trying to get out there as well. So, I think I'm going to look at my timeline, and I'm not traveling anywhere for work, so I think I should be able to make it. So, that would be cool. Be you cool know, to hang out, catch up. Yeah, I was just talking to uh, Giacomo about it, actually. I, I want to tell you real quick, Giacomo has been a huge fan of yours for a while, you know, and he was telling me the other day that you were one of the, probably the reason that inspired him to go vegan. And he said if he hadn't come across you, he's not sure that he would have done it. He's, he's been a huge fan of yours for a while, so he got really stoked when he saw that you were uh, you know, supporting plant books and stuff like that. So I said to him, I said, hey, man, I'm going to tell Mike he needs to drag his ass down to Austin. I said, I'll tell him he can set up shop at the plant built booth, man. So if you want to bring some books some supplements down or whatever and, and uh, you, you, you've got you've got some space at our booth if, if you want to come down for it, man. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. And we'd love to have you down there. So, no, that sounds like a fun time, man. That sounds like a really good time. It was That's awesome. It was awesome last year, man. We we had a great time, you know, and spending the week with everybody, just kind of hanging out. We kind of took over the the one level, the hotel that we all stayed at. And I mean, it was it was just like you know, idiot summer camp. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we had a good time, and the food down there is killer, man. Yeah, it's Austin's just a really good time. So. Yeah, sounds great. Well, hey, man, you're doing a lot of cool things, man. So it's always inspiring to have you on the show, to talk to you. I love the fact that you're taking the whole training business and your passion for training and then using it to just drive so many different causes and bring attention to so many good issues. So just keep up the great work. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, likewise, I, I enjoy the podcast that you guys are doing. You have great guests on there. And I mean, there's so much great information coming through uh, all these interviews that you're doing. I mean, I, I've I go back and I listen to all the old ones and, and there's just so much great information, man. I, I encourage everybody that I talk to, to to check it out because you guys are really putting out a lot of great info and I know that, you know, you're not being compensated for it. So I, I tell everybody about your supplements. I tell everybody, you know, how to support the podcast, you know, to support you guys because you guys are doing a really great job with the show. It's coming out regularly. You guys have been doing it for a long time. Two and years, uh, Yeah, coming on two years. Yeah, now. that's it's crazy. That's so cool. The guests are great. The information is great. And uh, hopefully people will get out there and uh, support you guys with your businesses. And uh, hopefully you guys can keep it rolling because you guys are doing a great job with it. So, Oh, my pleasure. And also, one, one, more, yeah, one more thing for you, Scott, is you do a really good job with nutrition program design. So for those of you that are thinking about going towards a plant-based diet or even just dabbling with it, Scott's a great guy to contact. And what's your website again, Scott, where people can check out your consultation services? Uh, if they get a hold of me through scottshetler.com, okay. uh, I've got kind of a link to all the services that I provide, you know, because with running a brick and mortar training center, I do a lot of in-person training. But I do actually over the last year and, and partly because of you, Mike, you've sent so many people my way. And, oh, and my, I pleasure. Think that. my pleasure. But uh, I have really kind of expanded my online consulting services. And uh, it's I've been helping people out with training uh, as well as uh, people have contacted me about you know, incorporating plant-based diets on, uh, and, and, you know, how they can do it for either their sports or just, you know, they're trying to adopt that way of eating. And I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to help out. So I do offer those services as well. Oh, that's cool, man. You do, a, you do, a, you do a really good job at this. So keep up the great work on that and have a good one, man. We'll, we'll definitely see if we can connect in Austin in June. Yep. And cool. That, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, be a good cool. time. Yeah. sounds great. Well, thanks again, buddy. Cool. You have a great day. Thank yeah. you guys. Thanks yeah, for coming you brother. Take care, man. Bye. And again, that's our friend Scott Shetler. The book is Eat Plants, Lift Iron, a plant-based weightlifting experiment. It's a fun read. And even if you're even if you're someone who's not 
doing a plant-based diet and you don't really want to go in that direction, there's a lot of cool things in here where, especially if you're a trainer, you may have someone who's interested in some of those things and, you had, and you're now educated on how to steer them in the right direction. Exactly. So, be, so be open-minded about stuff. You know, don't feel like, well, I don't want to do that, so I don't want to know about it. That's really a myopic way to look at stuff. It's, right. it's always good to get different people's perspectives. And I think what I like to see is just a, a, a wide variety of different approaches that are effective. That's always really cool to me, just seeing different people doing different things where they're making it work and then how do they make it work. So that's some that's some good stuff to check out, and that that the whole trip to Austin sounds pretty intriguing. Hey man, you should come out, man. We, fun. Yeah, that's the week. That's the week before um, the week before my birthday. So yeah, man, why don't you come down? We can go up there, and uh, oh, sounds good. You can head to the range while you're out here. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And what what people can do to facilitate this trip is use coupon code LLA. You can sponsor. You can be like, you know what, Mike? I that, it sounds like you guys really need to connect down there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick up that first class ticket for you. you know? <laughs> so you don't have to fly southwest and get in line to try oh to find a seat. <laughs> and listen to very bad jokes. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. When, when did that whole thing start? Where people are trying to be comedians on the flight? Yeah, ever since I started. It's like so just telling me to ago. put the seatbelt on to shut up, right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so anyway, folks, use that coupon code LLA. Get 10% off the best nutrition supplements money can buy, videos, T-shirts, e-books. You know the drill. Go to MikeMahler.com. Go to AggressiveStrength.com. It's another way to get there and use that coupon code. And how about with you, man? Same thing, man. Head over to NewWarriorTraining.com. Use that coupon code, 10% off all my products, weight management program, the pour-over coffee stands, the DVD, the ebook, the actual physical book. I'm going to make that available as well. All that, man, 10% off of that. Just anything you find that you can buy, you can get 10% off when you use that coupon code. And also, make sure you continue to support the show if if you don't necessarily buy any products right now because you will in the future, you know, head over to patreon.com. It's patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Become a monthly supporter of the show. So therefore, we can keep this show free of a gazillion ads from the same four or five sponsors that you hear on everybody else's podcast because obviously those are the only companies that are supporting podcasts. So this is how we can avoid all that madness and not let, not let you get your information interrupted by like, yeah. okay, let's take a few minutes to talk, you know, to get a word from our sponsor. Like a, a, like month, a, a, month, a monthly show. underwear delivery company. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or just, you know, get a dollar just to shave. Like, really? Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I know. The new one, the new, that, that's the one that makes me laugh the yeah, most. It's like, who, it's like, who has time to go to the store and get a, a razor? It's like, look, everyone who's done it for their whole life. You know? <laughs> and, and why are razors so expensive all of a sudden? It's like they're 50 cents a razor, man. It's like, if that's your big concern, like, man, I'm blowing way too much money on shaving. If I could just address that issue. You know? Just, you know what, then butch up and grow a beard okay <laughs> man up okay <laughs> so yeah that's how we avoid all that madness right there again p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash l-l-a podcast when you go to the box to become a monthly patron scratch out that one dollar bill and put start with five if you don't want five move it on up okay so we've had patrons come in at 20 and also, some have even been very clever and came in at five fifty-five. Just to, just to prove a point. Like, not only will I raise you five, I'll raise you five fifty-five. Sincere. So you know, and trust me, we appreciate all of that, folks. So there you go. That's how you can support the show, and we'll continue to keep bringing quality content without the interruption of BS advertisers. All right. So that's gonna do it for this week, folks. Make sure you check us out next week. Keep sharing those episodes. Make sure you keep hopping over to iTunes and Stitcher and leaving your reviews and rate us and all that good stuff. Yeah, we've, next seen, we've seen a lot of good reviews coming in. We're at 175 now. Let's get nice. that up to 200 by. Let's get let's get there by June 1st. How about that? Let's, How about let's get that? 25 more reviews. We have thousands and thousands of people listening to this show. 
So we should have a lot more than 175 reviews. I mean, if you've been listening to this show for, I mean, we've had people listening to the show since the since inception. Day one. It's two years a lot, later a lot, now. A lot more than 175 people. So, I mean, if you've been listening to the show for two years and you still haven't given us a review, come on now. Go tell people the show's great. Help us out with that. <laughs> there you go. All right, folks. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Talk to you next time. Bye.